most of the organizations I'm working with, and I, I work with both private and public sector, but it, it makes no difference that the ones that are doing interesting stuff are experimenting. So going back to that Inverness experiment, I think experimentation is the way to do this. So it's not about trials necessarily of, of technology, which is what technology companies tend to do. It's actually kind of going, well, how could we do this differently? And actually, if we change the way we, we do this, actually it might not work. Often innovation fails. And I, I, I keep saying that's not necessarily a problem as long as you learn from that failure and say, well, what did work? And how do we take that forward in terms of changing our thinking? It's interesting. I was looking, obviously, you know, being a former futurologist, it's quite interesting at the beginning of January, there's always predictions as to what what's happening in the year ahead. And I never really like doing those because my crystal ball does not work. But it was quite interesting just looking at some of the past predictions of what was going to happen in 2023. And I came came across one from an American scientist back, I think it was 1921. Uh, he had forecast that um, that technological progress would be such that by 2023, we'd all be working a four-hour day. Um, and I think it's very easy to laugh at that and go, oh, that's ridiculous. Um, but actually, that's an interesting prediction. Now, obviously, we talked earlier about the four-day work week, slightly different. But when we look at knowledge work, especially in cognitive work, if you look at the brain's capacity to concentrate and do deep work, it's probably limited to about four hours a day. So for knowledge workers, we're at our optimum for four hours a day and the rest of it, our brain melts or, you know, we're distracted or we do other stuff. So that's not as crazy a prediction as, as we might think. But the challenge then is to construct work in that way. And that's why, I mean, the five-day week is a relatively new concept. It was developed in the Industrial Revolution to give people a break so they'd be more productive. A four-day week trial is, I think, 70% of the organizations that trialed it in the UK have said they're going to continue it. But it does require you to really experiment and change the ways that you work in order to make that us more productive so that we can do 100% of the work in 80% of the time. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting challenge. Because there are lots of people who just go, well, I don't want to go part-time. And actually what they mean is I don't want to be paid less. Understandably, you know. Yeah. And it's not that that's, I mean, the four day work week trials are not being paid less. It, it, the challenge yeah. is of course doing 100% of productivity in, in much less time. If you think about part-time workers, I used to have a couple of part-time workers in my team and, and they were far more efficient than us full-time workers. <laughs> Yeah, because they, they were able to prioritize very differently and say no to things as well. And I think particularly meetings, again, that, that's the time vampire. Saying no to a meeting can be quite brave. Um, I, I came across, a, it was an Australian futurologist, and I always forget his name, and I'm terrible on names, and I apologize to him if he's listening to this podcast. But <laughs> he, he made this thing, uh, this distinction that his approach to meetings was, uh, that he calls it boomerangs versus sticks. So his reaction is to reject everything. And his theory was, if he wasn't needed at the meeting, they'd just be a stick. They'd go away. If he was needed at the meeting, there was a reason for him to be there. It would boomerang back and it would come back into his diary. Now, I think he was senior enough to make that approach work. I think we have a lot of fear of missing out and all sorts of things going on with people accepting meetings that they've no idea why they're there or how they might contribute. And I think the only thing I agree with Elon Musk on is his approach to meetings. And he has a meeting manifesto in Tesla saying, um, only have a meeting when you have a purpose for one. Um, well, I was about to say, we have a lot of people in, uh, you know, things we might teach our clients might be every meeting must have a purpose and an agenda. Completely. And the absence of Absolutely. either of those, then why would you go? 
And then when you're thinking about the participants, why are they there? What have they got to contribute? And if they don't need to be there, don't invite them. I mean, I think the beauty with digital meetings is you can record them. So if people that kind of maybe need to know, but aren't necessarily directly needed in the conversation, you can send them a link of the recording. So if they do want to see what happens, (laughs) they can see the transcription, they can do all sorts of things with it. And I think the other thing that we might struggle with, which is much easier online, actually, um, is if the meeting isn't doing it for you, just leave. So it's easy when you've got a little red button. (laughs) 